Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Good morning. So, disclaimer. If I start sounding funny, it's because I've been listening to a Matthew McConaughey book and I want to talk like that. So if I start saying, all right, all right, all right, y'all will know why. Okay? Dude's cool. Love him. I'm going to work on it. So, anyway. Uh, what were you doing Thursday night? What I was doing is, uh, many of y'all, if you've been here for any length of time, have uh, heard story after story of my little gray mare named Fiona. I put the last ride on Fiona Thursday night. And it really wasn't my intention, but... Uh, Anyway, it just felt right. I bought her for my daughter 12 or 13 years ago from a guy named Rocky Adams in Fort Stockton, Texas. She was a three-year-old, if I remember right, and she wasn't as fat as she is now. But I've cussed that horse trying to catch her. Uh, you, you, you walk in a pen, and, and she's going to climb the fence, hide inside a T-post, just anything. Now, once you get your hands on her, she's fine. But I've cussed that horse for uh, trying to catch her, and I have praised her for double barrel and mean cows that are trying to get us. And that has happened more than once. She don't, she don't like cows behind her, and if one is really trying to get after me and her, she will turn around and just pull both triggers right between the eyes, and I love that. You can park her in the gate and get off. She's so lazy that she don't want to go anywhere, but she doesn't like cattle around her, so she'll watch the gate for you. I've got videos of it. I've been a thousand miles on her and more than a few wrecks. Uh, Ty was present for one of the most spectacular ones. We were out at Phil Mueller's one day, and uh, Sean Soa had ended up belly roping this probably 900-pound yearling, and uh, she was running off. And Anyway, I came up beside him on Fiona and put a head loop on her and dallied off and got her shut down, and Anyway, I didn't slip rope very good, and she ended up pulling that yearling, ended up pulling our saddle off, and as the saddle come over the front of Fiona, she reared up, and I hit the ground, still dallied with both feet in the stirrups. <laughs> I didn't pop my dally either. Cowboy. Never give up. Never give up. But we have. We've been, in a, th we've been a thousand miles with her and more than a few wrecks. She's been a good one. She's not dead. She's not dead. But she's been a good one, and she will be sorely missed. And it was real special on Thursday night because, you know, I really, we were going to rope, and I can't rope on her anymore. She's had too many big cattle roped on a little tiny body, and it hurts her. But I wasn't going wasn't to rope on her. I was going to go get butthead. But then as she was running from me, I thought, I'm going to catch you one last time. Ride you. And she did great. We just did some breakaway roping. But it was the last ride on Fiona. Been a part of my family. My daughter learned to ride on her. And after that ride that night, I was thinking about how our last rides, most of the time, aren't endings, but new beginnings. And as I laid there in bed that night, thinking about mine and Fiona's last ride, I opened up my Bible just at random, and I started reading. 
It was the story of Moses. And Moses had three last rides in his life. And today we will talk about three rides separated by 40 years and what we can learn from that as some of us start new beginnings after our last ride. When Moses was 40 years old, he goes out. You now, if you're not familiar with the story of Moses, he is a Hebrew that his mama put him in the river and, and Pharaoh's daughter felt sorry for him and kind of raised him up as an Egyptian. And uh, so he's Hebrew, but he was raised as basically the grandson of the Pharaoh. So he's like a prince. And he goes out where all the uh, Israelites are working and he sees an Egyptian uh, beating on one of the Israelites. Well, he gets mad because even though he's was raised as an Egyptian, those are his people, he ends up killing that fella. He's 40 years old and he has to flee or he's going to be put to death. So he runs out into the desert. He goes from being a prince, a rich prince, to a lowly goat herder out in the desert. Sometimes our last rides in comfort lead to new chapters in growth. Sometimes our last rides, that was his last ride as a rich prince. But sometimes our last rides lead to new chapters in growth. You know, sometimes I think we hold on too long to things that we should probably just let go. Kind of like I should have popped my dallies that day. I should have slipped some rope. I should have, would have, could have, whatever. But I think sometimes that we're hard-headed and we hold on to things that we should probably just let go. We're scared of change because changes are uncertain. We like the comfort of certainty. We, we like the palace of Pharaoh versus the heat of the desert. Sometimes I think we hold on too long to things that we should let go. This can apply to friends, jobs, relationships, mindsets, excuses, anything. Sometimes we just need to let things go so that we can start a new beginning. Maybe if we move on, we might just grow closer to God because that's what happened with Moses. To start a new chapter, never start a new chapter because you're mad, bitter, anxious, or dismayed because you know what? God will never leave you and your desire should be the same as his. He wants to be your God. He wants to take care of you. He wants you to depend upon him and he wants to take care of you. Sometimes, Last rides in comfort can lead to new chapters in growth. So Moses was 40 years old. He kills an Egyptian. He has to run. He has to flee Egypt. He flees into the uh, desert. And he ends up marrying an old gal, and his father-in-law's name is Jethro. Any of y'all got a father-in-law named Jethro? Sounds like the Clampets, don't it? I can't help but read the Bible, and I think of... The Clampets, every time I hear Jethro, who knew Jethro was a biblical name? So he goes out into the desert. He marries this lady, and he is in the desert herding goats. Did you just shudder, Ty? I, I, thought, I thought I saw him shudder at that. 
<laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse. There's no, I don't know that you herd goats. You just kind of ride around them all day long. But he's out in the desert herding goats for 40 years. And now he's 80 years old. He's like Robert's age. <laughs> You're on the front row. I haven't given you a hard time in a long time. Gary's just glad I didn't say anything about him. He's 80 years old herding goats. That's double tough. That is double tough. And he goes up on this mountain called Mount Sinai. Okay? He goes up on this mountain and he finds something. He finds a burning bush. Now would be the time, Ty, with your mic. Moses. You, you think God said, all right, all right, all right. Probably not. Probably not. But he sees this burning bush. He's 80 years old. And he sees this burning bush. And God says, Moses, you old fart. I'm going to use you to rescue all of your people. He's like, uh, no thanks. I don't talk that good. You know, he made all these excuses. He still did it. But Moses is 80 years old. And in front of a burning bush on Mount Sinai, a new challenge awaits him. Because sometimes, last rides, he's no longer a goat herder. He made that last ride. Sometimes last rides lead to new chapters, but sometimes last rides also lead to new challenges in service to God instead of goats. Sometimes last rides lead to new challenges in service to God instead of goats. It is not comfort that will fulfill you. I'm telling you now. You know, it amazes me how much time and energy and money we spend on trying to be comfortable. But in my line of work, I see that, that the longer somebody is comfortable, it's like the less happy they are. We need those challenges in our lives. Now, I, you know, I really doubt that, you know, you're going to see a burning bush up on Pike's Peak when you're 80, but who knows, right? But you want to talk about a challenge, this is a challenge for Moses. It is not comfort that will fulfill us, but meeting challenges head on, especially in respect to God. See, challenges help us grow. Challenges help us grow. And in listening to that Matthew McConaughey book, what, that Matt's book, sounded just like him, didn't I? He said something in there that I thought about right there. Something about growth, and I'm not going to be able to remember it now, but it's like, it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect, you're just going to be, I don't know, less bad, I guess. He said it a lot better. I should have prepared better than that. But we need challenges in our lives to help us grow, okay? I mean, you think about it. You know, a potted plant in the house won't survive a windstorm outside. But one that's raised outside in the rain and the wind, man, it's going to be hardier. It's going to grow. It's going to be strong. Challenges help us grow, but also challenges help us to depend upon God. Challenges help us depend upon God. You know, there, there, there's a cliche, and 
it really, really pets my peeves. It actually kicks my peeves. It doesn't just pet it. Is when they say, well, God won't give you anything more than you can handle. Bull crap. Bull crap. Because, I mean, think about this. Even though that sounds really, really godly, if you could do everything without God, why would you need God? Right? God will give you something more than you can handle because so that you will learn to depend upon him. Because challenges will help us grow, but challenges also help us to depend upon God. I don't know what you're going through right now, but whenever we have a challenge in our life, life-changing stuff, man, if you will grow, if you will turn to God, man, that relationship with him will be deepened and strengthened and you can grow in that. Challenges help us to grow. Challenges help us to depend upon God. Challenges force us to adapt. Adapt. And challenges make us stronger. You know, sometimes our last ride will force us to get out of our comfort zone. Because you know what? I think a lot of times that comfort zone that we're all trying to stay in, that comfort zone is going to kill you. It doesn't, it doesn't push you. It doesn't grow you. Your comfort zone does not make you stronger. Your comfort zone will not challenge you. Step out of it. It is not a comfort zone. It is a prison cell. Get out of your comfort zone and do something crazy. Not for God, but with God. See, religion has you do things for God. But a relationship a ride with him is just that. You don't do things for God. You do things with God. But the pain and challenge is worth more than the convenience and comfort and stagnation because here's the deal. Getting out of your comfort zone, meeting a challenge head on, a new way of life, whatever a new beginning is, it won't be easy. Yes, there is a chance you will probably be hurt, but it's worth it. It's worth it. No amount of love ever given is not worth it. The pain and challenge is worth more than the convenience of comfort and stagnation. Moses was 40 years old. He kills an Egyptian, has to go be a goat herder. He spends the next 40 years herding goats, finds a burning bush on Mount Sinai. God tells him that he's going to go free the Israelites from the most powerful nation on earth. He's going to somehow rescue like three million people. I don't know how many it was. It's a lot. And he does just that. Well, Moses doesn't, but he does it with God. So many miraculous signs, the plagues, the crossing of the Red Sea, and all of this stuff. And, and due to human nature... And because the Israelites were scared, they spend the next 40 years. They spend the next 40 years wandering around in the desert. You know, by this time, do the math. Moses was 40 when he killed the Egyptian. He was 80 at the burning bush. And he wandered the desert for 40 years. So Moses is now 120 years old. 
And we find him standing on the top of a mountain that those of you that have been to Israel with us, me and Ty and a bunch of y'all others, we've seen Mount Nebo. That's where Moses died. We saw the mountain that Moses was standing upon. But you know what? Moses isn't allowed to go into the promised land. He's not allowed. After all of that, man, 40 years being raised in the Pharaoh's palace, 40 years being a goat herder, 40 more years rescuing Israelites and wandering around the desert. He's 120 year old, 120 years old and isn't allowed into the promised land. Sometimes last rides in one life can lead to a new chance at one God has prepared for you. See, I think that oftentimes we miss out on what we have because we don't get what we want. We miss out on what we have because we don't get what we want. See, last rides can lead to new chapters. Last ride can lead to new challenges. And last rides can lead to new chances. Moses never griped or complained about not being able to be led into the promised land. You know, if there was ever something that seemed unfair, that seems like it was unfair. But I think the reason God chose Moses is for this very reason that, you know, he just, he was a, he was a man. He didn't gripe about what he didn't have. He was grateful for what he had. Because even though Moses never griped or complained about not being led into the promised land, he had a chance at something better. Because you see, while all the other Israelites were going to go fight giants in the promised land and they were going to have to do battle after battle after battle after battle, Moses dies up there on Mount Nebo. And although he didn't get to go to the promised land, he did get to go to heaven. And he didn't miss out on that opportunity. He said, you know what? Even though this is the promised land, there's something better that is waiting for me. You have a new chance every single day to make it something meaningful. You have a chance today to make your life meaningful. You have a new chance right now. As I speak, you have a chance right now to become something more than you were yesterday. You have a new chance to find yourself, your true self, by riding for the Lord. All you have to do is take that last ride on who you were and start riding for something new. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, some of the last words of Moses are recorded. Deuteronomy 30, 15 and 16 says, See, I set before you today life and prosperity. Picture Moses saying this. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and keep his commands and decrees and laws. 
then you will live in increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. Who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want that? Life and prosperity, death and destruction. See, everyone, well, not everyone, but I hate to use superlatives, but many people have asked why I've sold Fiona. Why in the world would I sell Fiona, a horse that has carried me a thousand miles, gotten me through bad wrecks? See, here's the rest of the story. Rocky Adams sold Fiona to me because I needed a horse for my daughter. And Rocky told me a couple of years ago after seeing a video of Fiona, he texted me and he said, hey, if you ever sell her, I want first shot at buying her. I said, okay. Well, Fiona's getting up there in age, and, you know, I, I need something that whenever I go out, you know, that I can rope anything on. I don't want to be a hindrance in the pasture. I want to be able to help, and I just can't rope anything big on her anymore. So I called him. I said, Rocky, he's like, hi, Kevin. I said, you want Fiona? He said, you know I do. I said, well, I'm about to put her up for sale, so you've got a couple of weeks to make up your mind whether you want her or not. He asked me what I wanted, and I told him. And I said that was his price, not somebody else's price. He said, all right, let me see what I can do. And that sneaky booger, what he did was he called me. And I answered the phone, but it wasn't Rocky. It was his 14-year-old daughter. Never tell y'all I'm a sucker. <laughs> this young lady, she said, Mr. Weatherby. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I really, really, really want Fiona. I said, you do? She said, yeah. She goes, I'll make a deal with you. I said, I'm a cowboy. I love deals. She goes, well, you see, I really want Fiona. She's on speakerphone, right? She's like, I really want Fiona. I'm tired of riding dad's rejects. Her Rocky called me later on. He's like, uh, to be fair, I don't think I have rejects. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's none of my business. Your daughter said it, not me. And I said, what's your deal, darling? She said, Mr. Weatherby, I saved up $300 over the summer and I've got report card money coming in. And if you will let me have Fiona, I will work and I will give you every dime I get on my report cards if I can have her. And I said, eh, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I said, how much cash did you say she ha you have? She said, $300. And I said, sold. She goes, I'll give you the rest. And I said, ma'am, I said, that's not the deal I'm making you. She goes, what do you mean? And Rocky said, listen to what he's saying. I said, how much cash do you have? She said, $300. And I said, sold. 
And her old voice just started quivering. She goes, are you really going to sell her to me for three? Because she knows what I asked for. She goes, are you really going to sell her to me for $300? And I said, yes, ma'am, but you got to come get him. You got to come get her. I'm not taking her to Texas for $300. (laughs) It totally made her day, and it made my heart happy. And later on, when me and Rocky were talking, he said, isn't it strange that I sold her to you for your daughter, and now you're selling her back to me for mine? She'll take care of Fiona, just like Fiona took care of me. Now, there was one more aspect to the deal that I left out. See, they're going to breed her, and I get the first horse colt. I get the first horse colt. Because sometimes, last rides lead to new beginnings. I think my third grade teacher said it best whenever I posted a picture of my last ride on Fiona that Daryl took. Ivy Avery, my third grade teacher, said this. She said, it's time for you to make another one, kiddo. It's the best thing in the world a good horseman can do while he is young. Make good, steady horses for those who need them. I'm proud of you. Sometimes, last rides lead to new beginnings. A new chapter, a new challenge, a new chance at life. And I just want to say also that I don't know what y'all are going through. But you have an opportunity at a new chapter, a new challenge, and a new chance. And let me just say before anything that I'm proud of y'all. 